energies would um, overlap yours. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. You have to be able to experience, uh, come you together. You to get control of your own. Of my own and then come together. Yeah. I was saying that 12 inches apart palms and then come together once you've. But you see your empath. That's not talking about an empath. That's talking about a regular human. You're not taking that into account in your magic, and you need to. I uh, heard. I don't understand, but I heard you. And I don't know how to. I don't know how to respond. That's all right, baby. <laughs> I got advice last night. I don't know how to respond to, but figure the shit out. <laughs> right, man. That was a. That was a. I love that. Fuck, you're. Mm, that was. I figured this. Man, that statement alone. I'm just like, Row. and I'm like, yeah. That's. Uh, I'm not like you, other bitches. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. Straight. That's what I liked. I was like, mmm. Figure this shit out, brah. I'm like, no. no. It's your journey. How can I figure your <laughs> journey out? Yeah, we. I already was agreeing with you, but like you know, you just say shit sometimes. I'm like, uh-huh. I know you're gonna notice more and more differences between me and your others, and I don't mean boobs. <laughs> you don't mean boobs. <laughs> <laughs> The one that you uh, like the most, but hey, I love a transportable soft pillow that doesn't require me to carry. It. <laughs> I don't have to carry it with myself at all, you know. It's like the blanket that the fucking uh, you know a parent has to end up carrying for the child uh, Even for the work. Yeah. Well. Oh, oh wait. Uh, what'd you call my vagina that day? Um, hold on, I'll remember. Oh, yeah, you, you know, an elephant always remembers negative best. Crazy. Uh, it wasn't, well, it was negative. You were trying no, to know. get my goat, and it didn't work. Um, old saggy pussy. Who would want old saggy pussy? Tyler. Apparently. Hey, I didn't. I didn't feel old and saggy after uh, you know this morning. It's a long one. You didn't feel saggy the first time. You could barely get it in. <laughs> Say that motherfucker wasn't tight, baby. You're a magical fucking creature. And I say, that. and I say that because. Uh, you're the um, the opposite of everything that everyone thinks you are. It's fucking hilarious, and I uh, find charm in it. Lena, bed now. Thank you. Um, every day I find something new where that tickles me, where it's a uh, 
it's like different characters who have almost uh, given you a judgment uh, book um, based on a book cover. Like a doctor who thinks that you're just like a... Uh, uh, crazy. An, a, a crazy oh, I guess they use that word crazy, but there's so, so many different definitions nowadays. But you're basically a, uh, a, a, a insubordinate, a, 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 a um, drama-ridden, uh, non-compliant patient. Is pretty much what they've summed you up as. When you've just literally been asking questions and making sure that fucking they uh, know what the fuck, you know, is right for you. When they're trying to put a standardized treatment plan onto you. And I know standardized don't work with me. No. I know my body better than any doctor. Right. And the doctors that ask me questions about my body and about my symptoms and stuff. And then they'll... This is the doctors that I would be the guinea pig for. Yeah. All right. Here, here's how this goes. <laughs> it's very simple. Miss <laughs> Hancock, we have found, and he'll name all this yet. Now we don't understand this, so I have a couple questions for you. There you go. Questions, not statements, not recommendations. Questions. Can I have that guitar. And uh, I'm thinking of one doctor in particular. Uh, I, this was a wrong judgment call, but it wasn't done on purpose. Um, he was like, can, and he started asking me specific questions about uh, my symptoms and for how long and how many days and what they had noted at the hospital and if that was about right. Now, he was so fucking close by what he had read the five days that I was there. Because at that point, I'd been there five or six days. And he uh, looked at the test results and the chart. Not many doctors do that. They glance at that motherfucker when they come in. But they don't actually read some of that shit. Do you know what I mean? This doctor literally picks up the chart and reads and asks the nurse a couple of questions. And then turned to me. I was like, hell yeah, this is somebody that's honestly confused and looking for the answers and not just what he's supposed to do to get a paycheck. Long story short, uh, there was this new experimental thing, and because of my symptoms and everything, he wanted me to try it. And, uh, um, told me the side effects and everything. I agreed to do it just because of his manners. I kept him as a doctor, too, by the way. I didn't just throw him away because it, we, us to get, this is how I look at it, and this is what I told him, because I will throw a doctor away real fucking quick if he's not listening to me or not communicating with me. I'll throw him away and get another doctor. Um, and it's in my record, especially at Mercy. And uh, uh, after it all went wrong and I woke up in ICU, um, they asked me if I wanted another doctor. I said, where's my doctor? And they said, well, we assumed you'd want another one. I said, no, I want him. And they said, what? And I said, I want him. I have questions. And uh, he came in and he said, I tried seeing you, but they told me you wouldn't want to see me. And I said, no, I want to see you. I said, what exactly happened? So me and him sat there and 
questioning. I found out exactly what happened while I was in ICU and everything. He told me what went wrong, what the side effect was that got me and shit. And uh, I said, okay, so what do we do now? And he looked at me, so you're keeping me? And I said, yeah, we made this decision together. We fucked up. Can we do better next time, please? I kept that doctor for a long time. And he was not right all the time. But he at least honestly put everything he had in it. Does that make sense? He wasn't just doing what he was supposed to for a paycheck in that hospital. He literally was looking for a cure for every single person he saw. He didn't always get it right. The prior, uh... He got killed in a car wreck. <laughs> I seem to always cry when I feel like it's the right way. He was doing it the right way. Um, <laughs> of all things, I had not been to a funeral Especially in not fucking smoking. years. Oof. In years, I had not been to a funeral. And um, Miss Rebecca's the one that told me. Miss Rebecca come on to me at work. I'd just gotten to work. I hadn't clocked in or anything. I was get, I brought my stuff in, set it down on my desk, went and signed in that I was clocking in. And then I went outside to smoke. Um, I'm sitting out in the car with Panda and Logan and Logan in uh, uh, Washington and my nephew Logan and a couple other people were all out back getting stoned before the day starts. And, uh, Jeff, or Greg, no Greg, uh, come to the back door with Miss Rebecca, and Miss Rebecca points, and Candy goes, uh-oh, I think Miss Rebecca wants me, and that, that time she was management, and, uh, so she gets out of the car so that Greg don't come all the way out to the car where we're smoking, well, we're standing and smoking. Some's in, some standing outside of it. She was in the passenger front seat so of my car. everyone in the car could uh, do their duties in the job while being stoned? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if they couldn't, it was their fucking problem. I didn't have weed that morning. It wasn't mine. <laughs> I'm just literally just challenging the fucking societal uh, understanding of basically Panda having actually did to be better. Clean. I made sure to get Panda uh, stoned that morning because she had to fire like five people and neither one of us had weed. And Panda actually does produce better at work when she's stoned. Because she's like you. She starts one thing and goes to another and never finishes the first thing. Get her stoned and she'll finish it before she moves to the next thing. So do you. But you, getting you stoned don't always work on you. It does, Panda. Anyway, Panda goes walking up to Miss Rebecca, and I'm watching to see if she goes in, because somebody asked me if I'd give them one to come and go real quick, and she said, well, wait a minute, let me see if I can go. And so I'm standing there waiting, and Panda kind of stepped back from Miss Rebecca, looked back at the car, and looked at her, she goes, shook her head, yes, and she goes, well, come, let's walk into the car. And uh, she looked at me, and she goes, um, Miss Rebecca wants you to cat. 
Shanice and Miss Rebecca turned and gone in. She said, Panda, uh, Panda said, Miss Rebecca asked me to tell you to get your coffee and when you're done smoking, come to her office. She needs to talk to you. This shit don't happen. Like, she comes to me when I'm at my desk during the work and stuff, not before work. She never came to me before work unless she was saying hi to me as I signed in or something. Do you know what I mean? She didn't come out in the back parking lot where she knew people were getting stoned. And uh, um, so I handed my keys to Panda. I said, take them to come and go. And she said, all right. And uh, I go in and Panda goes with them to come and go. And I get me a cup of coffee. And I step back outside and smoke me a cigarette. And walk the long way around the building to the administration of Miss Rebecca's office. I go walking in. Now, I guess this is the coldness in me. Because Miss Rebecca was really expecting me to need that privacy of her office and everything. She told me, she said, you do know that uh, Dr. So-and-so, I don't remember his name now. Remember his face, can't remember his name. And uh, uh, died. I said, what? And she was like, yeah, he was killed in a car wreck two days ago. Matter of fact, his funeral's tomorrow. She said, I'm going. Would you like to go with me? How did she know? Uh, she knew him through her church. She oh, so he was a Christian doctor? Yes, he was a Christian doctor. Oh. He was. This is a good Christian doctor who actually fucking applies uh, the wisdom. I didn't know he was Christian, though. We never talked religion until Miss Rebecca, because that's what I asked her. I was like, how do you know Dr. So-and-so? And, uh, she said, uh, she said, well, you didn't know this, she said, but he goes to my church, and, uh, and she said, when I came up to the hospital to see you, and she has been to the hospital to see me a few times, do you know what I mean? That was just Miss Rebecca, she'd come up to the hospital to bring me something, whether it was fucking fried cheese curds from Culver's or Tuesday tacos from that one restaurant. If she knew I was in the hospital and it was something that we did as a group there at work, uh, if Panda or somebody like Panda couldn't take something to me or go see me in the hospital, she would. And I guess she came up there and realized he was my doctor and they had talked and he'd asked about me at church. He'd asked Miss Rebecca, I guess they'd been, not that he gave any of my medical shit, but just as a person, and with my kid and job and all that, they talked about me. I didn't know that. Long story short, I told her I'd go to the funeral tomorrow. She arranged for me to be off work without being in trouble for it and everything, which is a big fucking deal. And uh, I let her down. I told her, I said, I don't go to funerals um, I said, I'm really sorry he died and everything because, you know, for selfish reasons, I said, but uh, I don't know if I'm going to go to the funeral. Just talk me into it. So the next day, I get to sleep in. That was so fucking nice. Funeral was at 11 o'clock. Um, I got up. I got dressed. I even drove there, Tyler. got out of the car 
Mistress Becca seen me sitting in my car. Um, she had come out to my car. The next day when I seen her at work, I told her, I said, I'm sorry, Miss Rebecca. I, I really did come. I just couldn't come in. She said, I don't know. Funerals were for the grieving of uh, the, the funerals the funeral, are for the people for the people behind, not the person yeah. that's laying there dead. So I'm glad that she didn't, I guess, like uh, provide a judgment of character onto you based on your actions on that. Because I'm just like, dude, like the fucking whole ceremony is uh, for the others grieving, not for the fucking deceased. But because I meant something to him, and she just assumed he meant that much to me. Straight. And that's the only reason <clears throat> why well, I would have found out he died the next time I went to the hospital. But the only reason I knew when it happened and even had the opportunity to go to the funeral if I wanted was Miss Rebecca. supposed to be there but he didn't know that and uh, he come walking up to me he said taking an unexpected break I said I sure am you want to hit he looked at me he goes you know you're not supposed to be smoking on property I said Mikey everybody in this fucking building smokes out here on break and lunches and before and after work and you fucking know it that's why you don't come out here you think you got me sneaking a fucking break I just had to go to the seizure go talk to Tate he's the one who told me to come out here and smoke so I could stay unless you want me to just smoke and go home he said how many you got today I said five we only been here three hours what do you want me to do, Mikey? Want me to finish smoking this and go back in? Or you want me to go home and smoke it off the property? He looked at me and he goes, you know, I really hate you. I was like, Daddy even smirked. I said, that's okay, redneck. I hate you too. But we need each other. So what the fuck do you want me to do, boss? Just like that. And he was like, just smoke and go back in. Turn around walked away from me. Mikey hated me, but he, 
<laughs> How old is this guy? He was younger than me. He was like mid to late 30s, and I was late 40s. I started working there in 2016. I don't know how many supervisors I went through. Panda twice. Why did that change so often? It's a big... The whole thing's pretty much... It's not a scam. It's legit, but the whole thing is to help people get out of their timeshares. And depending on how that contract was written when they signed the motherfucker, whether we actually can get them out and how much it's going to cost to get them out. Now, you can get everybody out, but the money is different for everybody depending on how that contract was written. And some people can't afford that money. So they're stuck with it, and the kids get it. And it don't go away when you die. No, your kids get that debt. So it's a real thing. And that's another thing that uh, all of my bosses hate. Look, I always worked legit call centers in Oklahoma. I worked for Avis, Sprint, Chase Bank. I mean, I did the legit. always get you right on the honeymoon, you know what I'm saying? Because those fucking places, like, it's, you get free wine and, sh- and champagne if you go sit through the two hour thing and then they basically you know no that's like the Branson so, vacation well it's that a timeshare no sure. not that's to buy a timeshare that's what I'm share, saying like, not to get out oh, of I a timeshare I know but they almost like they, they no fucking, and, and it's called I used pit. to it's do like, that it's, first no wait 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 oh, let me finish hip. my sentence yeah, fucking <laughs> so when I moved decided I was moving to Springfield Missouri Same the only two legit uh, no, call centers in the town. To get out. Uh, was, you know, where we were at at Midas to get the inspection sticker and everything. You went in that store. That right there, it's not Chase anymore, but that that call center right there in that same parking lot that's for the bank is a different bank. It was Chase Banks. I applied there and I applied at T-Mobile. Um, I couldn't get either. So the next trip back to Springfield... And I looked at the other call centers, and they were all—they were like Branson Vacation or Sell Cruises or. So I was like, "There's a Pizza Hut call center too." And I put my application in there, and then I did Spinnaker and Crown and a couple others. And Spinnaker hired me when I first moved to Springfield. I sold Branson Vacations. I sold a lot of Branson Vacations. Because I straight up fucking told them. And they were like, okay, so what's the catch? I said, the catch is, you know that two-hour tour that you have to that or hour-and-a-half tour that you have to do? And he goes, yeah. I said, they're going to try to keep you until you agree to buy one. They're gonna, they'll keep you for hours if you let them. Just remember, you're only legally obligated for an hour and a half. Are you legally obligated to actually stay there? For an hour and a half to get the vacate for the motel and the rides and all that. You have to do the hour and a half. They don't give you the fucking vouchers and shit until after you do it. So you're fucking yourself if you walk out because now everything's on you to pay. And if, as long as you stay past the hour and a half, they have to give it all to you. I used to tell on that 
straight up because most of them that I sold packages to, I sold them to the families like mine with that needed, you know, that didn't just have two kids and there was only four or five people in the whole fucking family. I sold the packages to the people that had six or more kids and showed them how to fucking do it with with that. It still cost a little bit more than the other people did, but it was still cheaper than they ever could have taken their kids on vacation. And I went the extra mile and made them get paper and pencil and write down certain places there in Branson, depending on what their kids were into, for them to take and to pick off of that list, or not pick off that list, depending on the price, because you got so many free ones. So I name them and tell them about them, and I tell them you want to. I give them to them. I say you want to pick out this category because them are the tickets you'll never be able to afford. Now that toy museum, pay for that yourself. You can take all your kids there at a reasonable price, twenty, thirty bucks. I tell them the little fucking tricks. My boss hated me, but he couldn't do anything. I was so fucking good that I made me and John L. live out there at the Greens for almost two years on that job. That was the richest fucking apartments in that town at the time. I learned how to take my hustle from the streets to a phone. was already going down health-wise where I couldn't stand and, you know, do them trucks and shit like I used to. I was still doing it, but I could feel my body. I wore my body out doing the landscaping, the construction, the roofing, the, uh, the meth. I wore, I know why my body's so fucked up. I continuously with this chip on my shoulder put myself in situations that I shouldn't have put myself in and strained my body to prove a point. Did it my whole life from a child. I know, baby. That's why I fucking love you. I look at you and straight up Amazon. I'm just like, there is no... like. It's an honor to be able to like meet you. I think about that all the fucking time. I don't see it. Oh my god. It's not like I'm, you're my hero or anything, but it's like the fact that like I have a woman that fucking is a, a real fucking woman. Beyond any woman that I'm ever I've going to meet. I've never considered myself a woman. A mother, a biker, a carny. I've never really looked at myself as a woman because from such a young age that was put a woman belonged in the kitchen and barefoot. Well, I'm hoping that my perspective catches fire and that the definition of woman gets to be changed uh, sooner I than did. fucking later. I dressed up for you the other night and warmed out. Oh, I know, baby. But you still were uh, the quintessential, like, you were trying to put in the quintessential woman of society when you remember, you have to forget that I fucking have fell in love with you uh, in your fairy shirt. You know what I'm saying? Uh, as well as listening to fucking, like, your life story. You didn't like me all dressed up. Did I not like you? That's not the point. I loved you dressed up. 
yes, you did look like a quintessential societal woman, and 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 basically I almost know I can do that. Indian wisdom is actually what I was like next to. I was like, dude, I am fucking in love with like a true uh, wisdom ringer. I don't know, man. Because it's just... Uh, they say we're not around. It's not that we're not around. There's other people like me. We just have wanted to keep our mouths shut. And that's unfortunate because basically the only ones opening their mouths are fucking like the Nimrods out there. I know. We all know. <laughs> but we have gotten to this point because we realize, unlike you, that we can't save everybody. But, um, just like you. If somebody smart enough to come to us that we trust, we'll that's open fair. up. I'm on a journey. If, if you ask yourself, what do you want to leave behind? What do you want to live for? Uh, I've already been honored in the biggest way. Actually, more than once. Not by my, well, yeah, by a couple of my own kids. Even. Um... My first, I'll tell you the first time it happened to me. It was the biggest honor I think I've ever been given. Out of biker, out of everything, it was in my civilian life. I had a girlfriend. And I had known her on and off through junior high. Um, I didn't like her in junior high. We both got suspended because I whipped her ass. Um, but we met back up. I wasn't in high school. She was. I was supposed to be in high school, but I dropped out. And uh, um, she had just gotten pregnant. And she had a kid. And she was at 16 or 17, which was a big no-no still back in the 80s. And when I seen her out at a restaurant and recognized her and stuff and seen her kid, um, it was kind of crazy because we really hated each other in junior high. And um, I didn't know she was jealous of me in junior high. I just thought she was a smart-ass cunt because she was always mouthing off to me and shit. And I'm not the one, especially back then. And uh, she wasn't embarrassed by my lovers and friends and I wasn't embarrassed by her baby and we all sat down at Shoney's and ate together when we ran into each other at the line and me and her friendship picked back up after that and when she'd get a babysitter and stuff she'd come out with us occasionally and stuff well then she got married and she moved uh, in my 20s, she got divorced and moved back to Tulsa. Uh, right after, right, no, it's right before I got pregnant with Roth in 97. Uh, I had him in 97, so I guess I got pregnant with him in 96. I think it was 95, though, that she did that, because Jason was five. So in 95, uh, she just calls me one day out of the blue because we were still friends and sent like you know them Christmas cards and shit but we weren't everyday life if that makes sense but we're in the same town again and uh, um, she calls me up she's like hey Kat what are you doing 
upset here with Jason. What are you doing? She said, um, I was wanting to know if you wanted to come over for dinner tomorrow. I ain't seen you in a long time. You know I'm back in town. I was like, well, yeah, we ran into each other. Uh, she was like, okay. So I did it. I was like, yeah, that's fine. And wrote down the address. I didn't have uh, definite plans for that night. So I went over and everything. And we're sitting there. And she was like, I have a favorite costume. Should have known there was something. Do you know what I mean? Because everybody was always asking me for favors through my biker connections. Everybody. No matter what friendship I have with, at some point, they would ask. Didn't matter. Always happened. And bugged me. That's what I thought was coming. She said, I have something to tell you. Okay, she said my daughter's been getting into a lot of trouble and she's really a little badass and I can't control her. She said, uh, remind me remind you of anybody? I looked at her and said, her mama. Just like that. And she started laughing and she said, and maybe her aunt cat. She said, look, I know this is kind of weird since we're not family, she said, but I'm asking you if you would do me the honor of mentoring my child and maybe telling her a little bit, because she ain't listening to me. And she'll look at you with respect, because she already respects you from the few times she's met you. She asked me to mentor her child and help her turn her child around. She wasn't asking for a biker connection. She was asking for a friend's help that she had always known what was underneath because she said like recognizes like. She said I was jealous of the fact that you could pull yourself out of it and even start to change it and I was stuck in mine. sexually abusing her since she was five years old. Told her, I said, I wasn't sexually abused. No, she said, you were physical. She said, but like I said, abuse recognizes abuse. I felt it on me. And I don't even know if I was abused. It's just more like the feeling mental of overcome. Mental abuse is at what your father did to you the other night was mental abuse. Mental abuse is just as big as physical abuse. And yes, I think you've been mentally abused. Okay. I've witnessed it. I just don't think I don't really acknowledge it to that too much. Uh, kind of that's because you're tied up in some of them same beliefs that's causing him to do it. Um, but it's not just him. I think you're... But then again, that could just be your perception because I haven't honestly met or be... Except your father, I feel free to judge him. Uh, the others, I don't feel free to judge yet. I know. I was thinking about that on the run with my mom. Because it's still just like, I think about your mom, and I'm just like, I really can't complain. Mm-mm. Like, she is what she is. You are but what you are. But at least she didn't take it out on you. Exactly. And, and she just basically just kind of said, yeah, and just moved on with her day and continued the same way. There was no, like, no adjustment. 
And that's okay. That's like a fucking choice, right? So it's just like we just it's don't her life. we just don't get along, that's all. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that, honey. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong as a mother to acknowledge your failure and move on. If you are yeah. doing more damage than good, why would you keep doing it? Yep. And she saw only damage the whole time, so that's unfortunate for her because even while my kids are damaging themselves, I can see past it. That's just her failure, not yours. I bug you though when I take up for them, don't I? Take up what? Take their side? Doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me at all because I take their side all the time. In my mind, I, I basically flip. It's I do it with John Allen. I even talk to her all the time. I'm like, dude, John Allen, you know, I'm basically just, when I, my positions, it's hard to actually figure out what my positions are because I can see both perspectives and I often fight for the other side just to create a dialogue. I truly believe in that uh, just interaction between humans trying to figure out basically both sides of the story and then determining it for yourself. So. Your father. Whew. I see why you moved away. I had other people come to me over their kids too. A couple with connect four connections because their kids got into some trouble with dealers or whatever. And I can't really get mad about that because. Uh, Honestly, I always made Godmother so much that I forgot all my Godchildren. Everybody wanted me to be their Godmother because they knew that kid would be taken care of. It's such an awkward position, right? Because what do you, what kind of person are you to say no to that? Oh, I've said no. I have no trouble saying no. For me to be a kid's Godmother gave them a certain. Status, uh, responsibility on your part. I know. And I feel the same. Way. I only have one, and I basically neglected it. <laughs> but but I've neglected most of my life uh, at this point. But it, it still rides on my conscience all the fucking time. I think about that album kids that I put anywhere from five to twenty five thousand dollars into a trust fund for their college when I become the godmother. All that money that I. Gave away. And you fucking give me so much shit. And you're over here just but like. I was their godparent. It was my so. present to the parents as being their godparent. I would set up a bank account. Okay. And, um, usually just $5,000. And then as the kid got older, I do it at their christening or baptism. Here we go. Whatever religion that moment was in. That's when I would do it, and that way, I even if I forgot that kid, it had a little bit of a. I a, did a, my a, duty. A dividend-based yield, but you put it in that bank account, so you didn't put it in like a five hundred three. The parents had no fucking control over it except to put money in. They oh, could straight. not take money out. I got you. I actually put it into a trust fund. For each child. I wonder what kind of APR is like a trust fund. I don't know. 
Um, I usually did it in this bank, don't even exist anymore, but it was in Tulsa. There's a bank for right there. I usually did it there, and the reason I did that uh, was because uh, they kept, they did wills and all that shit too, and safety deposit boxes and all that shit. But uh, safety deposit boxes weren't uh, everywhere until, I don't know, like they didn't become every bank until later. Does that make sense? Excuse me. Or if they did, they only had about 20 to 50, not a whole thing of them. We had to go to certain banks to get them. That bank had a lot of safety deposit boxes that I used for me, the bikers, and so I just, they knew me there, so I'd go in, and there was one lady, her name was Victoria. I called her Vic. Hey, Vic, what's up? She'd be like, what you doing? I need to get in your safety deposit box. And I said, nope, another godchild. She's like, oh, office. She knew the routine. They kept track of the child and the trust. I, once I did it, I was done. Once I signed the paperwork and deposited the money, I was done. The bank and the parents monitored it. Parents couldn't get at it. Oh, and if the kid didn't go to college, they couldn't get the money until they were 35. I always put that little thing in. Because I believed what Cobra said about college. And I really wanted to go to college. I was very proud of getting a scholarship to Berkeley. I think that's probably what took me down. fucking like 51% of the population in such a fucking way human to human I just like just it just boils me man then turned around after he didn't help me at the time I didn't know that he could have after he didn't help me and I got into Berkeley and everything and he seen what I was doing he set me down two days before my 
my 17th birthday and pretty much tell me choose Berkeley and your European and new life or your brothers because I'm going to put them in foster care. Just what the me. fuck? Just to fuck with you? Because like, what? He was going to put him in foster care even though he... Some of them were going to family, the blood, and the stepchildren that he had kept was going to foster care. Oh, because uh, when he left Lee or something? Uh, him and Lee split a few times at um. that point, yes. And she, dad used his power to keep custody. He kept every time he was in a relationship, except with Lee, at the very end, she got him. And I was proud of her for that. And dad, to this day, don't know that I helped her with that. We got custody of Justin and Kyle. And I'll sub in, you know what I'm saying? Put me in, coach. C'est la vie. Well, but you get a fucking few dollars, right? We could take recyclables back, too. That's right. Take recyclables back, go try to panhandle for a little bit, and then go to the grocery store. But I might not have the energy to go in the grocery store by the time we get there. That's okay. You just give me the list of what you want, and I will buy. 
the dude abides. The lover abides. I want to go to Walmart. They got writing cards. I hate doing that, but I have done it before, especially when I was a single mom and I was so, I had to go to the store no matter how I felt. John Mel used to always stop us from coming in the store when I was sick. Um, yeah, I get new one, baby. Sometimes I just lean on the cart if I thought I could do it. I hated being seen in public on them fucking carts. I think about this experience and how much uh, social shame is involved. And it's self, uh, it's, it's really self-respect. It's, uh, you know, your reputation, uh, of being, you know, quote unquote, a cripple of society. And I can only, I'm exploring those feelings, like standing out in the corner oh, and being, you'll see like, stuff shamed. happen that John L. seen since she was a kid, which is one of the reasons why I think that she, uh, has turned away. I'll give you a perfect example. When we lived out there at the Greens when she was 10 years old. Uh, we went to that Walmart in Springfield right there by the hotel where we stayed at and Ziggy's uh, that's what the ho- Walmart we, it used to be open 24 hours and most of the time we'd go on Friday or Saturday night when she didn't have school the next day so we could go late at night 11 or 12 that way I was comfortable in there with my anxiety and I could just go in and get it done and get out before my anxiety overcome me my anxiety is like way less than it was when I was young now once I got out of the biker life, I started getting a hold of that anxiety. But I really didn't get complete control of my anxiety until I was probably 45. That whole, like, you know, anxiousness of uh, where mirrors are in place. Where and... I couldn't go in public. And I was too used to... I, 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 I know Looking over P- your shoulder. PSTD or something. I can't remember what the doctors diagnosed it as, but they diagnosed me at, with it at eight years old too. So I've had it for many years, but it was bad. Like I didn't want to leave the house sometimes just because I knew so and so was looking for me or such and such right. was going down. I'm like, dude, I don't want to get beat today, so uh, I'm just gonna. Uh, stay in. It's a it rainy day. It even the beatings. It was the constant beatings. Or the constant. Like, yes, I do like to fight. There's no denying that. But it wears on you when you got people stepping up to you almost daily. It just starts to wear on you. And after I had Jason, I still needed them straight tequila nights but I didn't want them dailies. True. I don't know how to explain it better than that. You make enough enemies, they're basically everywhere at this point, and you're like, fuck, what I just do? And then, uh, yeah. Yeah, now I got a kid, and I gotta keep myself alive, and Oklahoma is not neutral territory. <laughs> By the time I had John Nell and was living out there in Wagner, and nobody would leave me alone because they wanted me back in. Um, that's why I moved to Missouri. I actually looked at three different places to move. I looked at uh, Austin, Texas, uh, Wichita, Kansas, and Springfield, Missouri. And Springfield won. 
we went to all three cities and explored them and did our research on them and all of that. And it was Springfield that won because when I moved John L to Springfield, it reminded me of Tulsa when we moved there when I was eight and a half, just a country town. Not very much crime, not very, you know what I mean? Just a nice, happy city, but it's more a town than a city. And then it got been there maybe three years and the crime started and got to be like in the top five for the United States because of all that Ferguson and race shit. Not John Nell, but one of John Nell's friends, to this day I won't tell her which one, uh, told me what happened to John Nell. heart hurts even now thinking about this and she was at the skate park with her friends and uh, John L got some black in her not literally but because of Miss Gladys she got some black in her do you know what I mean and uh, um, this one black chick stepped up to John L and pulled a fucking gun on her at the skate park in front of everybody. You want to know what my daughter does? Yeah, better use it, bitch, and steps to her to take it. Now John Nell came out on top because her black friends there jumped in. They were like, oh no, bitch, she ain't racist. And it had to be black people that did it or John Nell would have been shot that night. But because John L. does have black friends, matter of fact, she had friends right there in that girl's group that pulled the gun on her, which is what saved her life. It's like a proud moment and scares the fuck out of me at the same time because I used to be her. I know what's coming. I know what that attitude's going to get. And John L. don't have anything to back it that she thinks she does. Yeah, her uncles taught her some, but she didn't go out in that yard and practice and do you know what I mean? She didn't do the proper training and shit. She may have the knowledge to a certain extent, but she don't have the application. That's the And yeah, John L's been in a couple fights. And she's come out on top. I'm proud of that. Even when a man hits her, she's like her mama. She gets right back up. But that attitude of hers... I worry about her probably more than any of them. Her and Eric. Didn't even raise him. But from what John L. tells me, that boy will die so fast if this role comes into chaos just because I gave him the life I always wanted. Not the life he needed, as Sean L. put it. I think that many parents are giving their children the same 
the life that uh no, I gave him up to adoption to rich people I know. so that he would have every fucking thing uh, that a parent would want for their child and I think that we're still giving them all our all our kids these things but raising him in the rich um, and rich mindset rich in spirit rich in mind I didn't rich raise in... my kids in that though. you didn't but the societal at large is basically raising them he was like, raised in that yeah. unfortunately which is what and that's what I'm finding where people basically can't do shit because they are uh, raised in the rich uh, there's a there's, you... a there's a fix for move over there seems to be like a fix uh, that you can call for everything like the instead of uh, addressing your own problems um, because that's kind of seems like when you have money, you're able to pass off the buck, and then the uh, when like you have to actually handle the buck yourself, you have no idea. I what used the to fuck make my doing. kids do that. Um, if they wanted something with their allowance, or and yes, I did this. I was that poor. Sometimes I couldn't give them cash. And yes, I still made them do the chores and the chore chart. Mm. But I'd use my food stamps and take them to either Dollar General or the grocery store. And they could have twice what they would get cash in food stamps to get candy, cookies, the things I didn't allow. Once they did their chores and shit. Yeah. Right. And then you found out. Look, Jason hated uh, report card days. Amy, Johnnell, probably their fucking most favorite day of the year. Straight. Because I gave ten bucks for an A, five bucks for a B, three bucks for a C. I took a dollar for a D, and I took five dollars for an F. Or no, it was three dollars for a D, five dollars for an F. So we had to do the math for your report card. Jason sometimes Jason sometimes had to pay me. Yeah, exactly. Have his allowance. Yeah, exactly. Amy and John know I'd be like, um, I'll get the rest of you next payday. Because <laughs> they were 10, 10, 10, 5, 10, 10, 10. I would not count. Um, a D or F in your IEP though I wouldn't take it away but I wouldn't give you anything for it either because in your IEP I was very much in touch with them teachers and I now if you weren't listening in an IEP and that's why you had the D or F because you weren't getting your work done and stuff like Jason then I'd take it from you but if you were like John L and you're in your IP and actually even go in there during lunch to do a little extra work because you just can't get it, I'm not taking it away from you. That's, that's not your fault. That's a learning disability that you're working through and I will reward you when you succeed and I will punish you when you're not trying, but I'm not going to punish you when you are. Very much in touch with my children's teachers at school. They either hated me or loved me. There was no in between. Some teachers like it when their parents are involved, some teachers don't because it makes it easier on them. Alright, I'm gonna go get ready. You have to understand.
to take out your clothes if you're going to stand out there. Panhandle training commencement. I'm the, uh, the rookie in training here. Well, I am calling because I am experiencing COVID. Uh, like, did, I guess, like, struggle. Um, essentially, um, looking for a job right now and living in my car. So I'm asking, I'm trying to figure out, yeah, I was supposed to call because um, the forbearance is basically what I'm requesting or whatever COVID support that you guys have available, but I am unable to basically have, uh, you know, barely food on the table um, most days. So I really, um, you know, in a pinch. So it's kind of the status of life. I got uh, my mother's uh, associated student loan paid for till the 28th of February. How'd you do that? <sighs> Through uh, COVID relief. I'm calling them. Oh, they paid it? Yeah. They do it for one month. And they say maybe they can extend it for one month, but they'll have to call later. I think when that is closer, so. I say, okay. Take what we can get. I'm taking everything I can get because you know what I've given everything uh, throughout my entire life. So I think it's time to just mm -hmm. maybe uh, ask the universe for some support on this one. Then. That'd be great, yeah. Right. That's what I figured. I'm gonna get paperwork for you guys too because I assume you're gonna go the same day. That's right. Oh, I used to print all these shit at my uh, hospital jobs. Every time. Yeah. It was nice. I used to do it with the apartment. Um, it was fine. I could just email it to them. It's the yeah. same thing you're doing. Same just thing. Different sure, apartment. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to print everything. It got to the point that one person knew, knew who I was. He was like, printing today? I said, yep. I said, okay, I'll go grab it. <laughs> he said, thank you very much. That's right. Well... You're like your mother and the fact that you guys can fucking like work every little system and nook and cranny and fucking find you gotta, do what you gotta, do. gotta do what you gotta do and I'm not fucking no shame in the game basically can have everything on that phone though it's like as far as like technology it's like a mini laptop usually unless it's like desktop only mm -hmm. Not yeah i hate that and the, uh, that's what i've always wanted either a mirror or like a tapestry above the bed i've never had that or even like posters or anything like that really mirrors are good until they fall on you <laughs> Oh, yeah, shit. I had one follow me one time. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, was it didn't break, oddly enough. Crazy enough, it did not break. Straight. That was... Were you, the were on top, you were on top? Um, nope. Oh, shit. <laughs> I wasn't, so... Oh, that's good. <laughs> ah, that's super good. It's ironic, because it was, like, five minutes into the switch, and... Bop. Into the switch. I was like, ooh. Switch it up. I was like, ooh. Ow. Sometimes there's like little silly things like that that I'm like just like. What I mean, the it's fuck? it's funny when it happens. You guys just kind of laugh it off. You're just yeah, like, right. oh great, <laughs> could have died. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Little things in life that you just. What we like, we like almost death. 
and look at yourself while you're eating though. I mean, I have this one. Doing the this humpty dump. This can't fall on me though. That's true. But you have to like look at a certain angle to be able to, you know, really see yourself at maximum capacity. I guess. See how you're performing, you know. I guess. Doing the dance. Get it down or not. I think it's just fun. Yeah, if you like deadbolt, right? Like if you make oh, sure yeah. it's secure, That's it's probably saying. not bad. Probably I think do. I think he had like I don't know. He I don't know how he set it up there. He probably just you know did it like Jay did the fucking things over there. Just like yeah, two bolts are good. That's fine. Two screws. It works. It works. It works. We're not gonna anchor it or nothing. Find your plan today. <laughs> what? Call this number. Well, unless you have the number, unless you have their fucking answers, but that's the number. They want you to call to sign up if we haven't. Have you? Do you know if you signed up? Yeah, it's been signed up. Oh, it has been signed up. Okay. What are y'all discussing? Your chart. His what? Your chart. All your personal details, talking about how much you want to pierce your nipples, and I'm just like, oof, I don't know if it's a good thing, but I'm just, <laughs> just making shit up, waiting for this. We have to just call, and then we're ready, kind of. Kind of, you say that we're ready, kind of. I mean, it's kind of. I gotta. Uh,
think it got emailed to her to reset the password. Okay. Mama! What? so cozy over here. Y'all all fucking excited. Um, she's not excited. I'm yeah. excited. Um, forgive me for my excitement of being able to feel more in control of my lover's um, physical space. There is no control. It makes me feel like I have control, so you know what? Entertain me. How about... Lie <laughs> to you? That's what you're asking me yes, to do? Yes, please lie. Straight to my face. <laughs> that is exactly what you're asking me to do here. You know what? It's like saying it's all going to be okay when really there's bombs happening all around you. I don't say it's going to be all when okay. The, when the bombs are shot at me, you don't fucking tell the child it's going to be okay? No. You don't say that? Mm. Okay, well. Well, you are unlike the others. Uh, Just like I told John Nell it was going to hurt when the doctor put that thing up. Oh, I know. She get the bead. Yeah, well, it's going to hurt. I tell them them the actual. I'm a realist. And then I, and then I, well, me too. Alright, fine. My fucking analogy didn't work, but fucking make me feel okay. Bite me. How's that for okay? Schedule a live video with an urgent care. Do you think that'll, that does her, do you guys ever have to pay $90 copay for a fucking uh, urgent care? No? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's happened before, so I don't know why I really care. We'd have to, well, actually, it can do it from, they call though, don't they? Mm-hmm. We have to do it on a day, potentially on Wednesday, I'd be able to have a phone, that's all. What works for you? Because that would be unless we basically were able to get activate our phone today, but we never depend on the land, embrace <laughs> this uh, mother goddess to be. Wednesday thirteenth today, so tomorrow. Some love, yeah. uh, what time do you guys want to do it? What I'm not, I'm not gonna be awake around nine a.m. So you can just take the phone if you want. You want to just do nine? Take for them to print those papers. <clears throat> he looking for it right now, so it's probably already done. Rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. That's a third of your life. It ain't for 24 hours in a day. Is this your numbers and all that shit? Mm-hmm. Do you want to just keep the fucking address Four and shit, or do you want to update it? No, I'll update it real quick. Okay. Edit. I couldn't see of any reason why not to, but. I'm always open to. Uh, I guess. 
cervical instability is prominent, especially in the uh, mentally or the uh, Down syndrome. Hey, maybe I have some Down syndrome. You ever think about that sometimes? I have neck problems, and I'm just like, I might have Down syndrome. God damn it. I think so. <laughs> just a funny thought. I always enters my mind just from my medical training. <laughs> and my neck would be I'm like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. I don't know. I don't even think about that. Don't actually honestly think about it. But yeah, it's a funny thing to think about. All right. What is the most important thing you want to address during the visit? Walking pneumonia. What can I call it? January 13th, tomorrow. That's so exciting. All right, get ready for your visit. Confirm. Cool. I don't even want to pre-check in, do I? I got some fun. You still want the Walmart on Hillsboro, or should I do a different different one? Um, you can leave that one because I think it's on the way anyways. It's Kay. right next to her uh, apartment place. I have to drive through, and that's what she likes. Okay. And she was on the other side. Schneider, that's such a weird name. Is hy hymenoptera? Is that fucking beans? Hymenoptera? Oh, okay. Man, what the fuck? Health library. I can't wait. Do you like not to actually give me what I'm looking for? Hymen. Does she have an allergy to breaking of a hymen? Hymen optera. Do you know what the hymen is? No. When you first had sex, did it bleed everywhere? I mean, like the little thin membrane that goes over your vagina that you basically have to penetrate through for the first time. Yes, if you go like that. Uh-uh-uh. Hymenoptera. Alright, I can not do all this on the way, but... She's allergic to an insect? What is this? 
Uh, uh, bees. Was, yeah, wasps, bees, and ants. I mean, it's just a large order of insects comprising the soft lice, wasps, bees, and ants. Per Wikipedia. Thank you. Bye.